Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode. I am Deepa, your host for today's episode. With the onset of the pandemic, remote work has become the norm for many of us. I am grateful to be working in a role where remote work is possible. As I settled into this new way of working, I did have my own share of struggles, frustrations and happiness. While each of us were finding our own ways to embrace this, there were a few amongst us who had chosen to work remote even before the pandemic. It was a conscious choice that they had made. I have always wanted to hear their perspectives and definitely learn a few things from them. Today, we speak about this with Ashwini Vasant. Ashwini is an engineer at DevRev. After 10 years of working out of an office where she was co-located with her teammates, she chose to go completely remote. I have always seen Ashwini explore new areas, ideas and ways of working. One of the things that I value is how she is always ready to share the different aspects that have helped her through her experiences and she shares them in a way that you can try them out too. when she is not coding and building products she writes poetry you can find the link to her blog in our show notes hey ashwini welcome to the episode thanks deepa nice to be here long before the pandemic you began working remote i think you work for close to 10 years in a traditional setup and then you transition to working completely remote you had a head start actually compared to the rest of us so tell us a bit about how it felt like when you started with remote work sure that's absolutely right i guess i started working remote way before the pandemic hit and it became a norm to work remote in some sense i'm someone who really enjoys conversations with the team i really like to interact with uh, fellow team members have you know off the cuff conversations have hallway discussions brainstorming so i was really worried when i decided to start working remote because i really didn't know how i was going to make all of that happen and i also had this feeling about oh this is going to be like solitary confinement and how am i going to deal with it and all of that pre pandemic i had a fair bit of travel my month would basically be divided into one week where i'm actually there at work i would travel to san jose and i would be with the team for a week and that would be a highly packed social schedule if you will <laughs> so i would meet with every team member have one on ones have a lot of discussions have mostly just meetings in that week and then i would come back home and bury my head and then basically just work on things so i i almost felt like this is a camel mode where you stock up on all the socialization and then it tides you over the next 3 weeks that's how i handled the whole remote work pre pandemic one other thing that i'd like to mention is by the time i started working remote as you correctly mentioned i had a fair bit of experience so i was mostly leading the projects that i was picking up and that made it a lot easier because i wasn't worried about missing context or not having the skills or the information to make progress on something 
this certainly would be a different situation for someone who's much earlier um, in their career trying to do remote work, especially if you're a fresher and you just start out. That's so true, Ashwini. See, but at the point when you started, remote work was not the norm, right? So when you chose to go remote, how did your team or the organization react to your decision? That's absolutely right. So it wasn't the norm. Uh, Many organizations weren't really supportive of remote work. I was fortunate enough to find a couple of organizations that did support um, remote work. Specifically, I work for Nutanix most recently, and now I work for DevRev. Both are very remote work friendly. My team has always been very supportive. And I'll give you this very specific example just to illustrate what I mean. The team knew that we operate in this model where we do a high degree of socialization in the week that I'm there. And then after that, I would still be available, but then of course I would not be there in person. So we kind of moved all of our planning, our design into that one week and a lot of brainstorming and socialization. And somehow that connection that was made was actually retained through the rest of the month or um, through the rest of our association as well. So for instance, I would actually always take a flight to San Jose, which would land around lunchtime. And we would in Nutanix actually have lunch at work. But mostly by the time I would get to work, the the cafe would close. Like the, the timing was just such that uh, I wouldn't get there in time. But there would always be somebody who would remember to pick up lunch and then keep it for me. So when I go, I'm not really hungry. And little things like this. This is essentially what we mean by having the team rapport, right? And I felt it was great because I wasn't missing out on it just because I was remote and it wasn't like out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> that is so nice to know, Ashwini. You had lovely teammates. Right, <laughs> absolutely. See, Now I know all of us are in the new situation because of uh, the pandemic. Even I have been working remote for close to two years now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some aspects of it which I enjoy and value. And of course, there are others that I find challenging. So I thought I should go through those with you. So let's first start with the work-life balance aspect, because I think the lines between the two are now so blurred. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest challenge, if you will. I felt that there was a steep learning curve to figuring out these boundaries and the balance. And to be honest, it's not like I've figured out the perfect balance. I think it's this eternal striving for the right balance. I think the crux of the matter is to have a very structured approach, right? And what I mean by that is when we make a to-do list, it's not about making a to-do list that just involves work. Because what happens is we rarely, and and again, I'm, I'm going to give you an engineer's perspective because I'm an engineer, but we have a tendency to always pack in more than is possible in a day, right? We rarely view the day as an eight-hour commodity. We we just say, hey, I want to do this and that and everything else. And when you write a to-do list, which only has your work pieces, work-related 
uh, to-dos on it, you tend to overestimate the time that you have and underestimate the amount of effort that it takes. On the other hand, we do have other things that we need to do in a day, right? You have to cook, you have to eat, you probably have to clean, you have to you know, do other things, spend time with family. And these things don't actually, we, we don't call them out anywhere. We don't call them out in a to-do list. That tends to mess up things uh, a lot. And so having a to-do list, which basically lists down everything meticulously, including the non-work-related tasks that you have, would be a good first step in some sense to making sure you account for everything that you need to do in the day. And then prioritize that to uh, make sure that you get to the important ones and get it out of the way. Oh, that's that's a good point. Make you know when I when I transitioned to work from home, that was the first thing that I didn't do, <laughs> in the <this> sense, <laughs> right? Put both things together because in your mind, when you generally go to work, you only have the work stuff that you think about, and then when you come back home, and you go automatically to the stuff that you need to do, right? Right. So that was the thing. Tell me a bit more about how do you rank and stack them. Yeah, I think that's that's a skill in itself, to be honest. And again, something that I, I would say is still work in progress, at least for me. I think one of the uh, ways to look at it is the Eisenhower matrix. You essentially try to draw this grid of where your tasks fit in on an urgent and not urgent scale. And an important and a not important uh, scale. I know this is going to sound a little confusing. So I guess linking a diagram in your notes would probably clarify it for the listeners. But essentially what I'm trying to say is all our tasks fit somewhere on this grid where it's either important and urgent, which is the category that we should actually be focusing on. Like it's really important to get it done and it needs to be done now, then there's no way around it, right? So that kind of automatically bubbles to the top of the list. I think the other pieces are a little harder to categorize and identify. Things that we deem as urgent, but they may not actually be important. These are things which are kind of great for you know delegation. And there is the not urgent piece, but it's still important. And then that's what you would try to schedule. Of course, there's the not urgent, not important, which we should just delete from our list, even though that sounds obvious. It's not something that we always put thought into and remove from our list, right? Like we, we need to actively think and categorize every task into this grid to make it actually efficient and do the right thing. Yeah, definitely. I think initially it looks like, how am I even going to do this for every single thing that we have in mind? But I think as we start doing it regularly, it just becomes a framework that you follow unconsciously, right? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. That's going to be key. That's a good one. Yeah. And And, um, I think the other uh, one, and this is something that I struggled with and I feel like I have gotten better at it now is setting something called working hours. Typically you have a tendency to wake up in the morning and then log into your laptop and start working. And then you go right through the day. You might take 
quote unquote breaks to do other things like have lunch or have dinner but then it feels like you're always on and everything else in your life is just taking a break from it that's essentially not a great way to approach it because you're going to burn out at some point sooner than later and in the long run that that approach is just not going to work that's uh, where i think the working hours and setting it up and communicating it clearly is something that would be useful so for example i live on the east coast in the us right and i work with a distributed team so i have a team in the west coast i have a team in india i have a team in slovenia like it's we're spread out around the globe and so it's essential that i communicate clearly that hey it's 12 o'clock midnight for me and therefore i'm not available i don't want to put the onus on the other person to go and figure out hey what is the time in her time zone and should i be actually contacting her let's make life easier on all of us and you know just set up our calendars to indicate what time you want to make yourself available to the rest of the team for communication i think that's something that would help as well in this whole work life balance uh, blurred scenario if you will agreed agreed because see if we don't mark when we are not available because we are either spending time with family or taking time off it gets hard for others also to figure out absolutely hey and i actually had a question for you i don't know if you're a user of slack or any messaging system at work we use teams microsoft teams i think one thing with these platforms is there is a tendency where you can message anyone at any point of time and there's an implicit assumption that you would get a response immediately or within you know let's say 10 minutes right i feel like that is one expectation that all of us would have to work on changing more in terms of just developing empathy and patience in some sense because there could be like a thousand reasons why the other person hasn't responded to you that rarely involves the other person actively ignoring you or you know being lazy <laughs> or responding know. right yeah i am not going to reply to ashwini <laughs> exactly <laughs> we we shouldn't actually jump to that conclusion uh just because you don't get a response just like we don't expect an email response immediately i think even the messages we we need to inculcate this within us where we say hey yes you know the the person will respond when they have the time and they are able to respond to it i think that expectation management in general is something that would be useful too yeah that's a nice thing actually i have seen i got an email from someone the other day in my organization i think it was our hr or from some other team i got a note there was a note that was sent out and uh, as a postscript in that note there was a line that said i sent this mail at a time that's convenient for me and uh, you can respond when it is convenient for you <laughs> yeah i think that is perfect that's exactly the attitude all of us should have yeah yeah and and also you know it's a slightly uh, different from the regular work from home now because of the pandemic many of them have been affected too so people must be juggling a thousand things to get through a day at this point exactly 
Yeah. And you know, Ashwini, one of the other things that I see with this is see, we are combining like our to-do list has both things that we want to do for home, family and work. And there's a lot going on in there, right? So <laughs> you do not uh, have the usual focus you have when you are working on something at work, right? Your mind is... juggling to okay the next thing is this the previous thing was this maybe we're doing something at home you fin- finished one errand and now you're back at work so yeah. there is always distraction so how do you maintain focus what are the things that work for you yeah i feel like in general our tasks fit into two modes right there's one set of tasks which might be i don't want to use the term mechanical but i would say requires less of thinking so maybe you're answering emails maybe you're answering questions you're doing things which are which don't require extended periods of focus and then there are tasks which actually require deep work writing a design for a new product or trying to come up with a, a solution to some problem which has been reported i think for the deep work pieces things that need concentration and focus we need to block chunks of time where we can call it you know a deep work mode we do this in our company as well where people just set their status to say hey i'm in you know deep work mode you switch off notifications switch off distractions of all kind during that period and just focus on what you're doing that could be very helpful in terms of just focusing on a piece and you know getting it out of the way and also in terms of making sure that that mode is communicated to everyone so they don't try to ping you at that time or expect a response during that time so that's been i think a fairly effective technique which has worked the only other thing i would say about that is sometimes you might be in this infinite loop as i think of it where you start thinking about maybe a design or a problem and then you just keep going in loops right you would need to know when to break that loop you would need to know when you need to step away and take a break so that you can come back with a fresh perspective and this is a little harder i would say in a remote work scenario than it is in an office environment where you naturally have a lot of distractions like in the sense maybe if i'm looking frustrated and i'm like frowning at my monitor there is a high chance that someone sitting next to me would walk by and say hey what's wrong it's probably not going to happen <laughs> in a remote work scenario so i think this is one place where the onus is on us while we need to have these focused chunks of time and uh, focused work we should also know when to break these loops and reach out to someone to maybe brainstorm true see the other thing for being able to be successful in either of these moods is us being self aware and disciplined right sometimes you are in deep work mode somebody messages you you see something and then you are like distracted right uh, so that's the thing i think which is going to take a while to set in but yeah yeah so- and i think luckily there are these apps which actually make it a lot better you can have apps which completely snooze your notifications i know that apple provides this more where you can switch off everything else and then just focus on a few focus on the actual piece that you're working on 
right right that's true we should try out some of those things and then uh, actually be aware of what's working and what's not working and just keep adjusting along the way i guess that's true see the uh, difference between now and the past is right earlier at least outside of work we could even if you we were working from home we would hang out with friends go for movies and uh, step out <laughs> a lot more often for things right so now all that is uh, flow i know people have started going out but with the new strains coming out it's going to be hard right so what do you do to you know make up for some of the socialization things which we are missing out yeah this one's a hard one as well like i mentioned when i started initially i i had that one week where i would still meet with the team i also would work out of cafes and co-working spaces where i would see other human beings i mean may not be members <laughs> we'd still meet other folks it has been a lot harder during the pandemic i think the difference here is now the onus of taking the initiative to you know reach out to someone is on you there are some apps which have been fairly useful but again it comes down to the discipline of us actually using that app and reaching out so one example that i have is there's an app called donut which will randomly pair you up with someone else in your organization to have a chat with and what is really interesting about this is it tries to simulate this whole bumping into someone in the cafeteria so it's not confined to someone in your particular team it could be anyone in your company you could potentially have a chat with someone in a different team especially in in huge organizations to probably learn about a different area that they're working on the good thing about you know bumping into people at random and having conversations is you don't know what will come out of it right so okay i think that that's a nice one for the team itself we tried to have this whole virtual gaming thing going where as a team we play some games playing board games is a great icebreaker and it's nice to take that into the virtual arena and do the same thing over there i think also groups for shared interests have been powerful whatever the interest may be we have started that too the groups have seen a lot of book clubs and uh, right. clubs where they share all the new web series that they are following right i right. think a lot of that <laughs> see this donut that's something i think i need to check out sounds good sounds like yeah. fun <laughs> so ashwini when it comes to collaborating with the team what are the things that you found were most effective for you so a few things that i find super useful are i think the top of my list is the virtual whiteboarding just being able to share a whiteboard and you know draw diagrams together collaboratively and discuss that's been great specifically i think there are a few tools which have been useful there is miro which you can use for drawing block diagrams idea boards brain maps so miro's been really an effective tool there's of course zoom slack which we use very extensively which has also been uh, really useful there are a few broader themes though there's finding the right person to contact is one of those things right not a huge problem maybe in a smaller company but 
as the size of the company grows, it becomes harder, especially for new people who are joining in. There's a lot more structure that needs to be put in place in terms of potentially just having a glossary or having a lookup to say, okay, you know, this person is responsible for this particular thing. Or if you have a question, then one way to solve this is to have channels. If you use Slack, then basically have channels uh, dedicated to different topics and making it easy for people to find um, answers to their questions. And one other thing is, and this is something that I feel strongly about, I feel like there needs to be a culture of writing. And basically, when I say writing, I'm not really talking about, you know, writing perfectly or writing publication-worthy material. I'm just like talking about anything that, any conversation, in my opinion, that you have with anyone else in the context of work should just be summarized or written in a couple of lines. So there's context, which isn't like just between you and one other person, but it's there for anybody to see. This, I feel, goes a long way in collaboration because especially in the world of distributed teams, it's impossible to have every single person in every single meeting, right? And so it's essential that we write and capture these things for people to consume offline whenever they're able to. Totally makes sense, Ashwini. This is something that's so critical. But I think half the time, people feel writing takes time or they feel they need to write like Shakespeare. (laughs) It's either of the two. And sometimes by not writing, people think we are saving time. But it, it definitely causes a gap when people get the feeling that they don't have the right context. Yeah, and in fact, uh, this is where all of these interesting softwares which try to automate meeting minutes, for example, like they'll try Uh automatically write meeting minutes based on what you're saying. I think a lot of these apps can actually act as aids to push us or nudge us towards this direction. But I think in general, writing does a few things. It lets you process whatever you have heard you might think that you heard, you understood, you have the takeaway in your head, but it's at least personally, I feel when I sit and write it, that's when I get the clarity, right? Like it might seem like, Hey, I understood everything, but then when I start writing, I might get more questions. And so I feel like it helps from that angle as well. So not really looking at it as a chore, but as something that should be fundamental to the way we, you know, think and process information. True, true. So, you know, we were talking about all the tools and I feel Zoom has now become a verb by itself. So, (laughs) Zooming. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We were speaking about all of this and now there's some more nuance to it. Like we're going to have, we might have hybrid work that could become the norm, right? Like you go to office on some days, some days you're working from home and that changes things a bit in a way that You would go to work, but you would still have people working from home. So it's not like all of you might be together on the same day, right? So what are your thoughts on how life would be then? Yeah, I feel like the hybrid work environment, and and, and I say this more from experience because at least pre-pandemic, it was all hybrid in my context. I was the only one who was remote. I feel like the learnings of the, from the pandemic in the sense of everybody being remote at some point or the other has taught us the challenges 
well. To give you a specific example, let's say that you're in a meeting and you're the only person who is remote in the meeting and everybody else is in one room and you're joining in via a phone on audio. It's incredibly difficult to make a point because there's a tendency to, for it to get lost. This is a human tendency that you would listen first to the person who's right in front of you. That, that's the natural tendency that we all have. But now, given that all of us at some point have been that remote person on the phone call trying to make a point, I'm hoping that even when things move to a hybrid environment, we'll be aware of these challenges and we'll make sure that these are surfaced up. And also, I guess the whole uh, importance of video over audio for certain kinds of communication and to be able to gauge body language and so on. That's become very accepted and clear at this point. And so I feel the technology is now in place for most organizations to be able to deal with it. And I think that might make the hybrid environment a little um, you know, better and easier to function. Uh, I know we spoke about empathy like a little earlier. And I feel like because everyone's been in those shoes at some point, the empathy for a remote worker will now be higher for it. Yeah, let's just say I'm an optimist. <laughs> no, no, I think it would be because now each of us will be working from home as well as in office at specific points, right? So you go through both sides. So I think definitely there will be empathy. And I think that's something which we have learned better through the pandemic is to have a some you know a lot more concern for the people you work with <laughs> than earlier i've seen that through in multiple instances so see these are things that happen but i think on a whole there is also a certain level of stress that builds in each of us i think so how do you i i know this is hard to say that you have solved it or anyone has solved it but what are the things that you typically know do to you know handle stress? We need to actively think about stress management. In general, our tendency to is to view wellness as more to do with physical fitness. So we do talk about exercising, eating well, and so on. But I think there's also the aspect of mental wellness. It's about, you know, taking those breaks, possibly meditating, or just being able to have time which is away from constantly worrying or working on something whether it's you know something work related or something personal actively in terms of what's worked for me I feel like there's a software that I use on the Mac called timeout which uh, reminds me to take breaks now and then I think this was primarily designed to prevent eye fatigue but I think it also has other advantages where you don't end up just overworking and burn, burning yourself out and you know that you need to step away at least for you know five minutes and then get back taking regular walks is a great idea as well to just clear your head and then being be able to come back refreshed and work on things <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also now, like you said, mental health has been a big focus. And even in organizations, I see a lot more 
conversations, support groups to help people be aware of it. And I think this is something we should take seriously and uh, take care of ourselves. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we spoke about all the challenges, but there are so many things that have been positive about working from home. And it definitely has shown us that they, these good things, they help us sustain, right? So tell me a bit about some of the things that you enjoy about working from home. Absolutely. I think just the freedom to not be tied to a particular place. As uh, someone who's an, into software engineering, you could potentially work from anywhere because all you need is connectivity at the end of the day to be able to do work. As long as the work is getting done, there's no reason to you know, be bothered about exactly where the person's working from. I have a specific example where I was traveling and I was in the middle of the mountains and I could just sit there and, you know, work from there. But then I had the luxury of looking at all this, you know, beauty around me and enjoying it. And then after work, you can go and explore the place and so on. So I feel like that's a great perk. The other more operational thing is you just save a lot of time that you would have otherwise spent on the road traveling to actually get to work or to get back. Not to mention saving the earth a little bit by not expending that fuel to just get to work and back. These are a couple of things that stood out to me. And I'd love to hear what your take is, given that you've been doing this for two years too. <laughs> See, first I will start off by telling I'm so jealous of the fact that you worked from the mountains. <laughs> I... <laughs> I am super jealous right now, but I do agree on a different note that you're no longer tied to a place because I know I work out of Bangalore, so no Hawaii, no mountains, but I did get to travel home to meet my parents and work from there too. So <laughs> that's been good and I agree with it. And see, for me, I think I would say a couple of things that come to my mind are uh, I do take out more time now and I'm more conscious about my wellness. Like I've started doing that, taking time out for my walks. Or, and, and the best part is I can go whenever I find time in the sense, the calendar, I just look at it. And sometimes if I get up early, I manage to go or otherwise in between calls, I do manage to grab some time and spend some time on that. So that's something I enjoy. And the other thing, obviously, yes, I miss all the chats that you have by the desks. But <laughs> what I have realized is that uh, there's increased my focus at work and also with family, right? Because you finish work, you're focused on it, and then you spend time on other things uh, after that. So these are some of the things in addition to what you said. And of course, I'm super jealous, Ashwini. <laughs> No, I love the points that you brought out, Deepa. I think um, those are super valid. Sure, Rashan. It was a great conversation. I think uh, it helped me also reflect on how my work from home journey has been. And it has been great listening to yours. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm sure that we'll all evolve and learn more as we work remote for a longer period of time. Definitely. Thank you, Ashuni. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed our episode, do subscribe to the podcast 
and check out our show notes which provide more information on the topics discussed during the episode please follow us on linkedin at through the corporate glass and on twitter at corporate glass and share your thoughts we'd love to hear from you you can also check out our website through the corporate glass.com 